Hey there, it's December 4th. We're recording episode 11 of the Brosane Pistons podcast. I'm Carl Rosane. And I'm Alex Rosane. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, it's been over a month since we recorded the last one. A lot's happened um, in my life. I We had our first son and uh, you know all kinds of things are happening in the world. But one thing that has not happened in the past month plus is the Pistons have not won a single game. <laughs> oh man, I didn't realize that that, that lined up that way. Yeah, that's, that's pretty bad. Um, and we... We got to go see for ourselves in person uh, the uh, father of the podcast, uh, our dad, Eric, uh, uh, brought us and our brother-in-law, Jamie, and uh, to go see the Golden State Warriors game last week from really great seats. We were right under the basket, and if you, uh, if you see highlights from that game, we, we were actually wearing white, white sweatshirts that had the Bros and Pistons podcast logo. Uh, and uh, it was really amazing to see it from that close. We were about 10 feet away from about floor level, or 15 feet away maybe, um, right under the by the Golden State Warriors bench. And um, it, it was a really interesting perspective on the game, and we got to see some peer- stretches where we looked really good and some stretches where we looked really bad. So what, what, what did you see in that, in that game in person? Uh, I, I believe that was like loss number five in our streak or something like that. It might have, yeah, it might have been more like loss number eight or something. I think it was like during the last episode while we were while we were recording, we had only lost like two or three straight, and we were hoping that we were had we going to beat Washington. That was in play while we, and then we checked at the very end, and we had lost. And I think, yeah, we've lost every game since then. Yeah, I mean, against in gold, the Golden State game, seeing it up close, I probably actually had a less overall sense of how we were playing than when I watched it on TV because I was more just marveling at seeing these amazing athletes up close, like. Andrew Bogut is like a giant from a J.R. Tolkien movie or something. And, you know, it it was just really fun to see that athleticism up close and just seeing, you know, the, the you know, Andre Drummond close up and Jennings really just a great ball handler. And, you know, just, you know, they're NBA players and you're watching them from, from the perspective that you would watch like a high school game. And it's just really fun to see. Oh, yeah. That. Even just watching, um, we were in the pregame warmups, the Golden State was on the basket near us. And just seeing um, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry practicing threes was breathtaking. It was like the release is so fast and so fluid. It looks so easy for them, like almost easier than like tossing a wad of paper into the wastebasket. I mean, it's like so it, it was just amazing. You know, Steph Curry like sprinting away from the basket and shooting a turnaround NBA three. Um, you know, I could. If I'm running away and turn around and throw it, I could probably throw it like 15 feet. So anyway, that that was amazing. And uh, actually, well, you're right. That perspective made it hard to see some things. Like we couldn't really see the flow of the offense and stuff. But one thing I did see is a little bit of interior defense. Just up close, the difference between Andrew Bogut, who's an elite defensive center, not because he blocks five shots a game or something, but he's just always on a top five or ten offense or defense rather from Milwaukee or Golden State because he's just a large mammal, as you pointed out. But he's just standing in the right place at the right time with his hands up, and that's not a coincidence. He just knows what to do. And then when the the Pistons were on defense near the basket where we were, it just didn't look the same. I mean. We we saw Josh Smith and uh, and uh, Andre Drummond block some shots, but from jumping up or catching some from behind and some amazing athleticism. 
but they were sort of standing next to the guy with the ball shooting layups and uh, looking like they they wish they could do something about it. Whereas Bogut was always just sort of like in the way. And I don't know, I don't know how you, how you do that. I, I can't see what the difference is. It just, it's just like useful versus not useful. And that's the type of thing that we talk about where big guys just seem to take several years in their career to, to figure out what to do there. And um, I can't put my finger on what it is, but I, I definitely saw it happening uh, right in front of our eyes. Yeah, and another thing I noticed in that game was I would, I would, cl- I would classify all the losses into a couple of categories. There, there have been losses where we compete pretty well and we're, and we're legitimately in it in the fourth quarter. Um, and, and then we just don't quite have it to put to get, put together the win. And then there are ones where we're basically, we get, we're getting blown out. And then because the other team puts in their, their backup lineup, um, we're able to come back and make it look closer than it really was. I would say the gold, the golden state game was in the latter category. Um, by the end of the, by the end of the, um, third quarter, half, it was just a, it, we were just down by 10 plus or 15 plus, And I, you know, then, then we barely get in within ten, and then they bring in Steph Curry again, and, and it was just we, we weren't really it, it, the, we were competitive in the first quarter. I think the first quarter ended, and yeah, yeah we won we won the first quarter, and then they just they just I think they doubled us up in the second quarter or something. There was just this long stretch where we scored they scored forty points and we scored like fifteen points over the next quarter and a half, and it was just like awful. Yeah, and I think that's that's our that that's the trend that I see. Even in even when we're playing like mediocre teams, we just can't put together a complete lineup or a complete game, uh, and that's why we lose every time. Uh, you know, one game Brandon Jennings might play really well, and then um, Drummond will look Drummond will look lost. Uh, I would say that you know recently I've been getting more excited about Jennings and seeing him as like a key part of our potential for salvaging a season. Um, but then, you know, yesterday against the Celtics, he went 0 for 13. Um, and Drummond went, like, I think had over 20 points and, you know, over 15 rebounds. And, uh, and, and then in the, in the previous game, I think Drummond had, like, five points and, eight, you know, ten, nine rebounds or something. So, like, you know, on any given game, one of our key pieces won't show up or isn't playing well or will get in foul trouble or just isn't shooting well enough. And it's sort of this dysfunction of inconsistency. And it might just be that we're, we don't have enough pieces, we're not good enough. Uh, to really rely on people, or it's just hard to say. But the bottom line is, I think we finally, as as, as optimistic as we are as super fans, as homers in Detroit, uh, we're just not a good team. We're the second worst team in the league by record, and I, I believe it. We're, we're definitely not good right now. That's true. Uh, I, I agree with everything you said. That w- one interesting insight is uh, we're bad, but it's not like we're bad every minute of every game. We have we have stretches where we can see what it looks like when we're playing well, or I could optimistically say what it's going to look like more of the time when we get it together. You know, we've got we've got some talented players, and that's why uh, sports writers keep picking us to uh, maybe be a, a a team that makes the playoffs or before the season they did. I think I don't think anybody thinks that now because of our dismal start, but. You know, just the the pieces look out of sync, and we'll we'll talk about that uh, more a little later. I just want to say a couple more things that I just noticed from our perspective of looking in person. Um, I think it was like the second game that Cartier Martin had played for us this year. He was one of our you know minor signings in the off season. Just he's going to be a backup, backup small uh, small forward, I think. But one thing I noticed from him is uh, he tries really hard on defense and. It, 
look, you know, looks pretty good. He doesn't get stuck on picks and he, you know, stays near his man. And it's funny that it's just like that, that stood out. And that's not a good sign. Um, like, you know, Kyle Singler looks like he's trying hard, but it's like, ah, the poor guy, look, he's trying so hard, you know, the guys are blown by him. Um, Jennings looks like he's trying harder this year. Um, he's putting in some effort. He's not very good, but at least he, it doesn't look like, oh man, why isn't he even trying? But, um, anyway, that was my main impression of Cardia Martin is, uh, you know, he looks like he can hit a wide open shot and he looks like he tries very hard on defense and is a decent athlete. Hey, good guy to have around. Well, why not? He's, he's not the, the answer, but, uh, as long as we got to see him in person, I thought I might uh, just mention, mention what he looked like. Yeah. Um, stepping back a little bit, um, you know, try, I was trying to dig into this. So what is the problem? Why do we suck so bad? Uh, and, and, Going back to this idea of offensive and defensive rating, which again is the the number of points we score per hundred possessions, that's a that's a good way of figuring out how uh, measuring teams compared to each other on offense and defense. That kind of controls for whether you play a fast or slow pace. It's the it's the rate. And uh, as we've mentioned before, we we've managed to um, get our defense up to near league average. At times, we've been slightly above or below average. Right now. Or earlier this week when I put some notes together, we were 19th out of the 30 teams in defense. So um, decidedly mediocre on defense, which is an improvement over atrocious last season. Yeah, last year we were 27th out of 30th. So. Yeah, we, we were among the worst, the very worst in the league uh, last year. And then, so we're 19th on defense, and we were 29th on offense uh, earlier this week. Um, that probably wasn't helped by our Boston game, by the Boston game. Which it was not included in that. I think we're at, um, we're, we're up to twenty eighth now, so there's hope maybe. Oh, okay. Well, that you know, I, I better revise revise the, uh, my comments. Uh, <laughs> you know, so so what what what's going on on offense? Okay, well, the the guy who invented the com, the uh, offensive rating for individual players metric, his name is Dean Oliver. He's a stats guy. He's worked for various teams. I believe he works for the Sacramento Kings right now, and he wrote a book, a great book called Basketball on Paper. That I've read, and uh, I think you've at least fallen asleep with it on your chest a few times, right? Yeah, um, I actually, I still have it. I borrowed it from you, and I haven't given it back yet. So <laughs> no, it's okay. I memorized it. No, it's, <laughs> uh, and it's uh, so he created the, the, these four metrics that sort of capture what's what your strengths and weaknesses are on offense, and they are your effective field goal percentage, which is basically your field goal percentage taking into account the fact that you get more points for a three pointer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, turnover percentage, which is the number of possessions that end in a turnover. Uh, offensive rebound percentage, so the percentage of your missed shots that you actually get a handle on. And then the last one is a is your free throws made per field goal attempt, which is a, a one way to measure do you get a lot of your points from getting to the free throw line. And so among all of those, you capture all the ways – that a possession can end. You make or miss a shot, and it's better to make them. You or you can get to the free throw line and score points that way, in a way that's not captured in your field goal percentage. You can turn the ball over, which is bad, or you can get an offensive rebound to give yourself a mulligan and start over, which is good. Okay, and then I, I've done some studies of this over the past couple of years, and you know, not surprisingly, the field goal percentage is what matters the most, and the other three sort of combine to. Um, you know, explain like a third of the total, but you know, the, the effective field goal percentage that, that takes into account threes is the way to go. Okay. So thank you for bearing with me during that long explanation. 
so our our 29th ranked offense, uh, here's how that breaks down. We are ninth best in turnover percentage. So our problem is not that we're sloppy with the ball and we turn it over a lot. We're 12th best in offensive rebounding percentage. That's not elite, but that's solid. We 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 do a pretty good job of getting our misses and giving ourselves another chance. And that makes sense given Andre Drummond being one of the better offensive rebounders in the league. Absolutely. Yep. And and Greg Monroe's no slouch as well. So um so we got that going for us, which is good. Uh we're twenty sixth best in free throws per field goal attempt. So we don't get to the free throw line very much. And that can be based on your style uh of play. Like uh, teams that you know drive to the basket a lot or throw it into the post a lot can end up with a lot of that. Um We're also a very com- bad, we're also bad at free throws. Once we get oh, yes. to the line, we also miss them a lot. So that's right. So we either aren't getting to the line very much, and also we shoot a terrible percentage. That's a great point. I mean, we we just have this really like Josh Smith and Andre Drummond uh, are just atrocious free throw shooters. So so that's an interesting mix. But the most important factor is, is the effective field goal percentage, and we uh, at least as of earlier this week, we were the worst in the league at that. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, so again, that that accounts for now there are ways you can dig into so what's going on there you know um with uh how good are you from different distances from the basket and so forth i haven't broken into that myself but i've read that we're we're doing very poorly on converting our shots near the basket into buckets so we're shooting a a a relatively bad percentage on shots near the basket and if you watch our games you can see like you know Monroe just doesn't jump very high and kind of misses laps and get, gets contested and gets blocked. Uh, Drummond's been shooting his little hook shots that, you know, hopefully will make him an all-star in a couple of years, but right now is making him uh, a bad offensive player. Uh, Josh Smith doesn't seem to be able to make uh, shots I also like wonder that. how many of – what percentage of uh, Drummond's offensive rebounds come from his own misses because, you know, <laughs> there's probably a few times a game where he'll kind of do a little – layup drill of, of himself and then finally make it. And that obviously is not really any, any better than just making it to begin with. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and you know, we're, we have a couple of okay three point shooters. Uh, Jody Meeks looks like he's going to come back sometime in the next month and that should help with that. But we don't have anybody who's a, a great three point shooter and that's the other way you can really help yourself. But Stan McGundy said something interesting at, uh, in a press conference after a recent game where he, he said that we're not getting good shots. Um, so that's an interesting insight. So it's not so much that, like, standing on any spot from the floor in practice, our guys just suck at shooting, like uh, like some of our guys are just bad free throw shooters. It sounds like what he thinks the problem is, is is we're not getting good shots. And that matches what I have been thinking just on the eye test. We just look out of sync. Um, we don't – we're not um, – you know, we don't re- reverse the ball to the other side of the floor very much. Picks seem to show up late, or we stand there for a few minutes while a pick arrives, and you can see that the play is supposed to coordinate two motions, and one of the, but they happen in series rather than in parallel. So that, that's about as far as I've gotten in terms of figuring out what's going on. Is and that actually is a hopeful thing. It's not that you know we have middling talent. But our execution is really bad. Execution is something you can improve during the season. Well, 
But I also think that another aspect, I mean, there was another press conference, I can't remember after which game, where he commented on the, the number of shots we got, and he's just talked about how many we missed close to the basket. And he says, well, well what are you going to do? I mean, those are the shots you want. You, you want you're want. you not going to say, let's get less shots close to the basket. We're just not making them, and it doesn't make sense. And after mm-hmm. the um, Lakers game, uh, we the last game before the Celtics, where you know, the Lakers have – the, the worst defense in the entire league. And we when we, we had like a, a third quarter where we shot like 30%. And it just killed us, and we were down by 20 at the end of that quarter. And we, it, we sort of climbed back to make it seem like we were within 10, but really we just got blown out by the Lakers. Um, and he was saying that we just were messed up, and the players, the, like he said, like we were playing better during preseason. And, and when, we're, when we are way down, like people stop. He, he seems to think there's something mental about people's, concerns uh he mentioned the execution like people's maybe they're worried about getting their own shots and they don't pass enough or they're just also just missing a lot of shots like brandon jennings going 0 for 13 against the celtics is just something's not right about that so that's another thing that you could be hopeful for is that it's not just like the talent it's just like people are just once you're in a losing streak digging your way out of it is gets harder and harder so you know if if we can turn a corner and not have a mental aspect of what's making handicapping us and start executing a little bit better. Those things can really go hand in hand at getting us to um, a more hopeful, a more hopeful spot. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, maybe it, we could just be sort of on a, in a slump just hitting, hit, hitting the, the good shots we do get. But I will say, you know, not all shots near the basket are created equal. And if we're getting contested shots, like a, you know, a running hook from Josh Smith with a hand in his face, Compared to, you know, other teams uh, show that it's theoretically possible to actually like penetrate, break down the defense, and end up with a wide open three or a wide open layup or a dunk. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, haven't seen too much of that in Piston Land lately. Uh, so, so it's a combination of all those factors, and we'll just have to keep a lookout for that. And maybe in a future one, we'll, you know, I'll try to crack into the numbers a little bit about what, what does that say. Yeah, and, and one more comment on just the wide the wide open shots. It, it also seems like the eye test to me. I would like to back this up by looking into it. But we have, you know, um, it seems like between Jarebko and, um, and Singler and KCP, those are three guys who we – and also Butler. Those are guys who we do create wide open threes for a few times per game. And we don't make enough of those, you know? Like, if you're going to be – if those guys are going to be mid-40s or 50% three-point shooters, uh, you know, just overall – they're gonna. They need to make the wide open ones a lot more than they do. It seems like we. It just the eye test seems like we make them like forty percent of the time. And any given game, one of those guys might be hot, but the other two aren't, or the other three aren't. And that's another big piece of the the hope we had going into the season is that we we were gonna we were gonna spread the floor more and just be a, a, a you know we had high hopes for KCP and I'm, and Jody Meeks maybe when he when he finally starts playing for us he'll help with that. But we're just not making open threes when we do create. Well, that that's the big hope. Now is um, you know Jody Meeks. I guess earlier this week uh, ran for the first time since injuring his back. So that sounds like a good you know prerequisite for playing professional basketball. Um, I mean, he really is uh, a great three point shooter, um, or was the last couple seasons making over forty percent on a high volume. So you know if you if you imagine he he shares more minutes with KCP, or or maybe we play some three guard rotation and and. Um, he he crowds out some of Singler's minutes or something. You know, we could have more of those open shots and in three point shots, and uh, it could draw the defense out to him a little more and, and um, give Monroe 
Smith or Drummond a little more room to operate. Theoretically, that can help. So, uh, you know, I guess, you know, our, our offense uh, sucks. The reason it sucks is because we miss shots. We miss shots for because we're not executing and we and we're the good shots we do get. We're not making. Um, so we got like bad breath, bug eyes and B.O. And those are our good points, basically. Yeah. Uh, the defense, it looks a little better. Um, you know, you you can do those four factors for the other team playing against you on defense. We're a bit below average on defense right now, or at least as of the time I wrote down these numbers. And we're about the league average, a little below the league average on that effective field goal percentage. So we're that that's not surprising given that that's about where we're ranked overall. So that shows that we're we're contesting shots. We're Stopping teams from executing their plays, they're not, they're not getting a lot of fast breaks. They're not getting a lot of wide open shots. So that's a, you know, uh, that's that a mediocre result, and and I'll take it for 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 now. That might be the one thing that you can point to. I mean, to what Stan Van Gundy has infused is he's always trying to get people to run back on defense. You can see he really doesn't tolerate lazy defense. We'll call a timeout if if our defense breaks down. So. What Stan Van Gundy's been able to do is get us from being the, one of the worst defenses to being below average on defense. And unfortunately, that's not going to cut, cut it. Um, yeah. I, I spent some time digging into the uh, individuals uh, within the team and their offense to figure out. Um, I, would, I think it was like a few episodes ago, um, Alex put together a spreadsheet um, comparing basically the usage rate, the offensive usage rate, offensive rating, and the usage rate for each player. And um, those things go hand in hand because uh, the offensive rating for a player is essentially um, the individual contribution to the overall team's offensive rating. So an offensive rating of 100 would be that you contribute to the team getting 100 points per 100 possessions. And it takes into account things like your the individual shooting, true shooting percentage, um, offensive rebounds, turnovers, assists, and things like that. Um, and... So you can imagine if, if a guy plays one minute a game and comes in and makes one shot, he would have an insane offensive rating. Uh, that's not that, that person isn't that valuable. So you want to combine it with their usage percentage, and um, that that quantifies like what percentage of the plays that they're part of while they're on the court. So if you if you're using over twenty percent of the usage of the team, then you're actually a go-to guy. And so those so there's this graph that uh, Alex created like a one-off of using Excel, and and I generalize that to compare. The overall team, I kind of nerded out using D3, and, and you can kind of animate between different years, going back to our championship season in 2004. Uh, so I'll post, we'll post a link to that as part of our show notes. Um, and it's kind of fun because when you click between 2014 and 2015, you can visualize quickly visualize like the, the change in our team from last year to this year. Um, one notable thing uh, is that Andre Drummond in 2014 had an offensive rating above 120, um, and I would say a rule of thumb is like above 110 is a, is a really good. I mean, a lot of most all stars yep. are about there. Um, and but his usage rating was like around 17 or, or below that. So he was more of like a promising person, and we were hoping that he would maintain that and bring his usage up. So he, the if you click over to 2015, you can see he goes over to a usage rating above 20, but his offensive rating goes down to just below 100. And, and so he's basically using more possessions, but not not converting, and, and that's what we've observed and, and and below 100 is like a level where it's bo- it's arguable that you shouldn't be a starter uh but yeah. it, it is it, that's really bad uh the, 
yeah, I mean, th- this is really great to be able to see these points move from year to year. The the other two that really stand out to me are uh, Brandon Jennings has both increased his usage rate and his efficiency. Um, he's a solid offensive player by that rating. I mean, point guards have additional responsibilities, and and uh, you can have your opinions about whether the offense flows properly with him on the floor. But at least in terms of his own use, usage of possessions, he's making enough shots. He's not turning the ball over. Uh, he's being helpful. And the other thing to notice is that um, Josh Smith is both using more possessions and went from atrocious to, I guess, like heinous. Uh, <laughs> he, he got worse, uh, yeah, less like- efficient, while also using more possessions. He's shooting as much as um, not quite a go-to guy like, you know, a Derrick Rose or a LeBron James used about 30% of their team's possessions, Carmelo Anthony. He's not shooting that much, but he's, you know, he's shooting like like he's the go-to guy, and um, he's making, he his offensive rating is like uh, someone who has trouble getting playing time on most teams. Um, yeah, and, and it, that's that's what's puzzling. So it's, disappointing. It's really disappointing. Um, one thing that's also disappointing is when we were thinking about recording it this week, before last night's game against the Celtics, when Brandon Jennings went 0 for 13, he actually was above 110, and he was. I was. I was. Being, I was going to be like, "Hey, this is the upper right quadrant." Uh, the graph shows these reference lines at, at the 20 percent mark and the 110 mark. So if you if you look in the upper right quadrant, that's basically people who use more than 20 percent of their team's possession and have like All Star style um, offensive ratings. And, and he was there. He was the one person on the whole team, and that was like going to be our beacon of hope. As you can see, him move up into that quadrant. And, and lo and behold, just before we could report on that, he really had a bad yep. game, a terrible game that brought it down. But that is still that, that is still a trend. He is playing better this year. Yep. And, and I think, you know, the, there's not – I think the story for us is not so much about individual players. Um, it, it's, it's like the system just doesn't seem to be working. Whatever offense we think we're running – we're we're standing and dribbling for eight seconds of a twenty of the twenty four second shot clock, waiting for things to get organized. The thing, the times when we look the best is when we throw it into the post and like Greg Monroe does a quick move and it and it works. Um, but or, we just yeah, don't have he, that. Or he draws defenders and pat and makes a good pass across the court to for an open shot, which we miss. But stuff. Yeah, no, that's true. And we we draw someone to the post and then one pass later something good happens. But good offenses have a system where the, the the ball's flowing around. It's reversing from side to side, and you're sort of probing, waiting for the defense to, to slip up and break down so you can throw an alley-oop pass or get to the basket. Um, you, and then just by the eye test, um, Contavious Caldwell-Pope lo- looks like he's taking the shots that are his responsibility to take. He's not taking bad shots, and he looks good taking them, but... You know, the, he's really bad in offensive rating, and so he's just not making enough shots. It's up to the coaches, I guess, to figure out whether they think he has the potential to start making them at some point, and he's just got the, you know, uh, he, he's a young player and he's nervous or something. Yeah, but, I mean, boy, was, I, I really hope that Jody Meeks comes back and starts making a contribution. Yeah, we were talking, um, at the, I mean, I remember at the beginning of the season, the two people I was most excited about making a big difference were Drummond and Cantavius. And KCP, and sure enough, they're both they're using more of the offense, but they both made nosedives in their efficiencies, and uh, it's just really it's really really uh, disappointing. Um, yeah, Jonas so, Jonas Terebko is our our highest rated offensive player. The good this week, 
Um, he's only has a usage rating of about seven, sixteen percent. So you can't. So so he's a he's an efficient role player. You know he he uh, he hits open shots, but he doesn't create anything himself. Is is what that means. He's like a little bit like Drummond last year, numbers wise, but you know of course it plays a different style. So shifting, I, I want to shift gears and, and talk a little bit more about defense. I think we've we've beaten the dead horse that is our offense into the uh, into the ground to mix metaphors. Um, by you know, both on a team and individual level, we're just disgraceful on offense right now. Yeah. Um. So going back to our um our proudest moment, which is our mediocre defense. Uh. Again, we're we're sort of middle of the pack on the the field goal percentage that opponents have. So which again shows that we're contesting shots and we're not letting teams, you know, get easy buckets off of us. Um. And we're actually near t- the top ten in two of the factors. We're 11th best in defensive rebounding, which is very surprising to me because Van Gundy uh, several times this season has complained about the number of offensive rebounds other teams have gotten. Like, uh, I think after the Milwaukee game, someone asked him about, like, oh, you know, Brandon Jennings missed that game because of a sprained thumb, I think. And, oh, did Jennings being gone hurt you? He was like, hey, I don't think Jennings being on the bench, you know, made it so the other team got 20 offensive rebounds or something like that. So, Either um, we've improved a lot lately, or Van Gundy thinks that 11th best is not our high potential. Our, our, we, we, we could be even better. We do have some great rebounders, so maybe he's maybe he's thinking that we should be a top five defensive rebounding team. I don't know. Um, also, we're ninth best in uh, free throws per field goal attempt on, on defense, which means that we are not fouling a lot. We're we're um, you know teams aren't aren't getting a lot of fouls on us. I mean, partly that could mean that we're, they're just blowing by us and getting layups. Um, but that's a good sign. And then the last factor there is turnover percentage. We're near the bottom of the league, 22nd out of 30 in, in the amount of turnovers we force. So that's not necessarily bad. I've noticed that some good, some good defensive teams are very good on that and some are not. And I think that has to do with your philosophy and your scheme. You know, if you aggressively double team and trap or aggressively probe passing lanes. Like last year, uh, during the LeBron James Miami years, they had a great defense and they were really great at forcing turnovers. But the Spurs were really great at defense and they were really bad at forcing turnovers because they play a conservative style and just, you can, you, you know, you, the shot you end up getting ha- has a hand in your face and you miss it. So I thought that was interesting. We appear to play a conservative style. We don't force turnovers and we don't foul. And, you know, we have decent results. We get the rebound when they miss, and uh, we're middle of the pack in terms of the other team's field goal percentage. We're contesting shots. I think we can do better, but, you know, hey, uh, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, at least one end of the floor, we're, we're okay. Yeah. And if you look back historically um, through the offensive ratings of our teams, even back to the championship years, we never, you know, going back to Rashid's, Wallace's mantra of you know defense wins championships. I mean that, that's sort of a lot of people say that, but he, I remember this one interview where he just that was his answer to every question for some reason. Oh yeah, Rashid, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> but even back in our championship year, we maybe had a Chauncey Billups was our only elite offensive player, and, and we were we were the best one of the best defense in the league. So if we're going to go back to our roots as uh, in the Pistons style, defense is probably the more promising route to go. It's just that we can't have such an atrocious offense. To match it, so it'd be interesting to see. Uh, you mentioned 
Drummond, uh, or just not not looking as sharp as someone like Bogut, just being in the right place. You know, someone him being so young, having joined the NBA so early, if if he can learn just sort of team, just positional defense more, uh, and, and and just things like that. Uh, you know, I, I feel like Smith passes the eye test as a good defender. Um, he can, yeah. and that's why that's why I feel like I I, I would I'm not sure I'd vote for him like not to start. I, I just think we couldn't afford to do that because he is. A good, a good all-round player, aside from the fact he's a terrible shooter. Just that, that's such a big thing to be a, a, a butt, you know. But he's like a decent passer. He's a good um, defender, but he's just so bad at shooting. It's it's just uh, a tough call. We we just one solution is to get better players, so we're not relying on him to shoot. Um, you know, to we have a, a point guard who you know basically pulls his weight, but doesn't isn't a go-to guy. Our shooting guard play has been really bad on offense, and, and Kentavious isn't shooting that much and is missing a lot. Kyle Singler, same way. Karan Butler, same thing. So we need Meeks to come in and light the world on fire, or we need to make a trade or draft somebody um, next year or something. But like the, our our offensive play on the wings is uh, is just not acceptable, and it and as a result, we end up with a lot of possessions where you know Josh Smith has the ball in his hands with. Five seconds left on the shot clock, and he misses a shot. You know? Yeah, there was. Um, I was listening to another podcast, and they were talking about um, uh, who's the sh- the shooting guard for the Grizzlies. Um, uh, what's his name? Like, they're talking about someone that maybe sounded, reminded me of Josh Smith, where he was saying like the five 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 rule, where he should not shoot more than five shots. Uh, outside of five feet, unless there's five seconds less, less than five seconds. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Tony Allen. Tony Allen, and I feel like that that's another rule for Josh Smith. Like he should not shoot outside of five feet unless there's less than five seconds in the shot clock. But if you watch the games, he he, he pretty much obeys that. There's maybe there's maybe like one shot a game where he just like yep. takes the liberty of taking an open jump shot that he that yeah, maybe been... you, you wish he didn't take. But a lot of times it's just like our offense is stunk and he ends up with the ball and he has to take a bad shot. You know. You, I think you're right. He he really does appear to his first instinct when he gets the ball on the wing is to look and try to re- keep the ball moving, and, and he doesn't look to to shoot. I think, I mean, you know, a game we were at, uh, people, the home opener we went to with Brooklyn, like people were just out outright booing when he took a jump shot. I think he perhaps he's noticed that. So. Um, <laughs> Probably more likely his coaches are telling him or his teammates, but um, yeah, gosh, we, how much of our lives are we going to spend talking about Josh Smith's jump shots? I don't know. Maybe. But it, I got to say, it is funny that like we decided to start a, a Pistons podcast the year when I think this is our worst losing streak in like the last fifteen years or something like that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'll, 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 I say it every year. You got to get in on the ground floor. This is the year where things start turning around. We see the glimmers of hope. I, um, I, I, I really say, thought we would be mediocre instead of atrocious this year, and it's just it's just really surprising. Yeah, but I, I, I really think we've got the defensive effort, and we've got we just look discombobulated on offense, and that's something that really can flip on over a matter of a few games. I wouldn't be surprised if we end up um, looking looking like a decent team in the second half of the year. Once our guys get used to playing together, and once our offensive concepts, like the the, the moving parts, start moving together a little better. Yeah, and I wonder if um, I would say that as someone who's watched 
most of the games that I don't I still enjoy watching, uh, and I think it's because we do have we we do have some talent and we do have moments when we play really well. Like against the Clippers, we really were competitive against them and we lost in the fourth quarter. Uh, and I wonder if we can start just like, you know, if we're going to be bad, at least we can take some risks. Like, what if we just start playing Spencer Dinwiddie as our backup uh, point guard? And you know, DJ Augustine is pretty good, but his he's not really that good, and he's like six foot nothing. And uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is a tall point guard. He's actually been decent, at least as high of offensive rating as I don't know. So who knows? Just like take risks. Like we we sort of have nothing to lose this year. We're, we've we've probably ironed our way into not being in the playoffs this year. Uh, but can we just start? Having being free of expectations and, and developing a little bit more, so we're not so bad. I, I mean, there, there's something to that, but I think the, um, I think it's a little too early to bring out the. Our only hope of being entertained is to play the young guys, and that at least that'll be fun. That that's sort of a stealth tanking strategy that teams use, where they they're like, okay, the fans will be happy, and we'll perp- and we know it'll make us less likely to win, so at least we'll get a good draft pick. We got to wait until after the All Star break before we start thinking about that kind of stuff. I think. Yeah, we we, we, we got to make an honest effort with our our starting veterans uh, now. I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I I say that only because Dinwiddie is sort of someone I keep being excited about. I'm not saying like let's let's start playing Luigi Dittoni, like starting him just for the hell of it or something like that. Uh, but you know that that just struck me as someone when he he actually has gotten some minutes lately and he's played. He hasn't been a problem when he's on the floor. That's for sure. I think I might have actually seen a headline today that that Datome, um did okay in garbage time the other day, and he might actually get a little more playing time. We might try him out. Um, you know, we'll we'll see. the The rap sheet on him was um, he he was a good three point shooter in in the when he played in Europe. He was the MVP of the Italian league, which is you know one of the decent leagues in Europe. Um, sort of like Double um, A ball. And, uh, you know, AAA ball is the Euro League where the best teams from all the different European leagues play in a league together as well. So, you know, it's like, okay, he did well in AA ball. And, he, you know, when he's out there, he looks like he knows how to play basketball. He's sort of standing in the right place and makes the right pass. But, you know, he also looks like, um, uh, shall we say, not an elite-level athlete. He looks like a regular guy who wandered onto the court. I know he's actually kind of tall, but just like compared to NBA players. Yeah. Um, he looks just like, oh, who's that? Who's that skinny regular guy with a with a, a ponytail out there? Uh, I guess a top knot. There's what he's his hair is called. We'll see. Hey, he he got his chance last year, and he really sucked horribly at shooting threes, which was supposed to be the one NBA skill he had. So who knows? Uh, maybe he can turn that around and um and uh, it, it, hey, if we can get a guy who can hit open threes better than our, our guys have been, good. We'll give him some playing time. Yeah. Well, on that note, on the bright note of whether Luigi Detome can be our <laughs> might, might be okay, uh, why don't we wrap up this episode and let's let's hope that by the next time we speak, we, we'll be able to examine at least one win. We are playing the Sixers, who I haven't won yet uh, in, a, in a couple. Oh of no, years. they got their first win, I think, last night. Oh, so, they did. Okay, uh, I don't know. Now they're a juggernaut that maybe we can't overcome. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Well, until next time. Keep believing.